Mock draft season means all sorts of projected trades for the Chicago Bears. So we'll take a look at where they could go if they wanted to move up or what they could get if they move down. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. On the show today, all things NFL draft trades, specifically with these Chicago Bears two second round picks. We'll take a look back at recent NFL draft trade history, sort of in combination with the projected NFL draft trade chart value and kind of combine and figure, okay, if the Bears wanted to move up, from their second round picks to try and get a prospect earlier in this draft, maybe even back into the first round, what type of compensation would that take and how could that affect the Chicago Bears draft plans? We'll also then look at, okay, well, if they get to their picks in the second round and they want to move down, what type of compensation could they get depending on how far they want to move down. And there seems to be a couple of different sort of tiers of like, okay, if you move this far, you're more likely to get this. If you move a little farther, you can get a little bit more. And we'll kind of break down what might be a good range for what the Bears could be looking for if they're in the market to move down. We'll kind of wrap up looking at, okay, what might Ryan Poles' strategy be? What should Ryan Poles' strategy be? You know, what what kind of approach should he take to this NFL draft in terms of that these dueling needs of like, Bears need to add good young players. They also need to add a lot of good young players in this quality versus quantity debate when it comes to the Chicago Bears in this upcoming draft. We know the Bears don't have a first-round pick this year, of course, traded for Justin Fields last year, but then traded Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers to get a second second-round pick this season. The Bears also don't have a fourth-round pick this season from previous NFL draft trades as well. They don't have a seventh either, but they do have an extra sixth, which I believe is what they got from the Anthony Miller trade to the Houston Texans. So as of now, the Chicago Bears have 39 and 48 in the second round. Then in the third round, it's number 71. In the fifth round, it's 148 and 150. And then in the sixth round, it's 168. Six draft picks as of now for the Chicago Bears in this upcoming NFL draft. And it's it's fun when you see the mock draft simulators. I mean, our friends at the Draft Network have them. PFF has one. I think Pro Football Network has one too, where you can put in trades and trade up for specific prospects. A lot of times you'll see it go for, you know, that wide receiver you just want to go up and get, or, you know, that offensive lineman that's fallen, or even a, a defensive back. I've seen some of those. And given that the Bears have two second-round picks, you do have some leverage there. You have an extra fifth-round pick as well that could be used to potentially move up. It all just sort of depends on exactly how far you do want to move up. Looking back at the last few drafts, we saw this past season, the Broncos went from 35, or, or excuse me, the 
the Falcons, or no, the Broncos went from 40 to 35. The teams are not important. It's, it's the slots of where they go. From, to go from 40 to 35, the Broncos gave up a fourth-round pick to move up five spots, but then also got a six-round pick back. Or you saw the Raiders go from 48, where the Bears also pick, up to 43. Just five slots there, also giving up a, a fourth-round pick. Last year, that seemed to be the going rate to move up about five slots was you're, you're, you're packaging a fourth-round pick with your lower second-round pick to move up those five spots and getting a, a later day three draft pick in return. Chicago Bears don't have a fourth-round pick as of now, so maybe they would have to do two fives or a five and a six or maybe a, a future draft pick in there if if that was the type of range they might be looking to go up. But if they were trying to jump you know, into the first round, for example, move from 39 somewhere up there in the first round, certainly you could potentially try and package those two second-round picks, 39 and 48. We haven't really seen... Over the last few seasons, I, I dug back to, I think, about 2016 is where I stopped looking through all the draft trades from draft day. We haven't seen a team package two picks in this range together to move. We haven't seen a team trade down out of the first round to these to two picks, like two second round picks like this in that range to have a direct comparison. But when you look at like the NFL draft trade charts, it seems to put the Bears, you know, right around that, like, you know, mid to lower 20s might be as high as you could potentially go. As with all NFL draft trades, you have to have a team that's willing to go down that far and willing to take two second-round picks as compensation as opposed to something else. Leverage can be different, and, and looking at historical trades isn't always an accurate representation of, of what the market is going to be this year. Because, for example, in 2020, there was a team that moved up from 37, so two spots earlier than where the Bears pick right now. Bears are at 39, but from 37 to 23, they gave up the second and a third, the 37 and their third round pick to jump all the way up to 23. So presumably, similar compensation, the Bears could give up 39 and 71 to get up to 23. That that seems a little bit, I don't know, that doesn't seem like as much compensation as I might expect to move that far. It would seem to me like it might cost you a little bit more to go up a, a little bit higher than that. Because like the year before that, 2019, a team moved from 46 to 26, and they gave up a future second-round pick. So it was their current second-round pick and their future second-round pick to go up to 26 to get whatever player they wanted to. So it was sort of like two second-round picks, but one was a year in the future, which in trade compensation terms tends to be lower-valued than a, a present for a present pick in that same round. So it, it does seem to be like at least a minimum of a third or a future second to get into that first round with, if you're going to package that with the Bears early round draft pick to go get that wide receiver that you want, that offensive lineman, that defensive back, whatever player it is that you really feel like is that can't miss player that you just have to have to be a true difference maker on your team in a season when you wouldn't have a first round pick. And you know that you have that potentially that other second round pick there from the Chargers to fall back on if you move up with one of your second round picks to still be able to get you know, two top 50 draft picks there that can be potentially more immediate impact players. Bears could also look at it the other way and feel like, no, they also just need quantity in addition to quality. And maybe trading down could be a way for Ryan Poles to recoup some other draft picks, whether it be early or, or later round. I mean, depending on how far you want to move down, you can you tend to have a different variety of the types of compensation you're going to get in exchange. So we'll take a look at 
okay, what would it be if the Bears moved on a few slots versus, you know, a, a dozen slots? And, and how you could potentially recoup a third-round pick or multiple late-round picks next on Locked on Bears. I'm excited about this new sponsor with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're called Shady Rays. And Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. And some really, like, fashionable designs, too. Some cool, like, trendy, modern-looking sunglasses. I was looking through their site. They have a lot of really cool stuff. Also, something you won't find anywhere else, Shady Rays has an insane protection program. It includes complete lost or broken protection on every pair. Like, if you lose your sunglasses, no matter what happens, they will send you a brand-new pair. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, every Shady Rays sunglasses you purchase, they donate 10 meals to fight hunger in America. Exclusively for Locked On Bears listeners, you can head to ShadyRays.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. And they're backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. As we look at where the Bears could go in this NFL draft, it seems like we've gotten some indications of, of Ryan Poles really particularly valuing draft picks and maybe hinting at wanting to acquire some more throughout the course of this draft. That doesn't necessarily mean... He's going to do it by trading down in the second round. You could certainly trade down in the third, or you have, when you have the two-fifths there, you could trade down from one of those and get you know six and seventh or, or potential future draft picks. But, of course, today we're only focusing on that second round because we're not going to take a whole podcast to talk about trading day three draft picks and where you could go in the fifth round. Like, who cares? But we do care about those second-round picks because that's where it's fun to play with in the the mock draft machine. And, and looking back, you, you, there's a little bit more data in terms of, like, teams trading more within the second round. There, there aren't a lot of examples in recent years of teams moving from those two second round picks and jumping all the way to the first round. It, it, there's less of us to kind of look at and get a, a, a feel for what the market price is. But there have been a lot more trades of like teams around that range kind of moving within the second round up and down a little bit. The Chicago Bears did this last season when the Bears were picking 52nd and they traded up to the early second round to 39 to take Tevin Jenkins. The Bears gave up their second round pick the third round pick and a sixth round pick to go up to 39 and they got the they got a fifth round pick back in exchange and that was 239 which is where the Chicago Bears are picking this season so you can sort of do the reverse math there and say okay the bear if the bears had to give up that much to get 39 last year they have 39 so if they wanted to go down from 39 to 52 they what they gave up last year would be the market right they could get potentially a third and a sixth back to move down 13 slots, but they gave up a fifth round pick to do it. Bears already have two fifth round picks. So you could see where that could be potentially a, a nice way to pick up, still add an extra pick and add an extra top 100 pick with that third round pick, but still leaving you with two second round picks, just not picking quite as early. Or you look, I think also last year, the Patriots traded the pick right before where the Bears traded up to, uh, or no, the Patriots traded up one slot above where the Bears traded up to. It was the Bengals they were trading with. But the, the Bengals traded down from 38 to 46. So what is that? Eight slots. And they got 
two fourth round picks back in exchange. So it was 46 plus two fourths to go up to 38. So if the Bears were going to trade down from 39, you could potentially get two fourths if you were going to go down more that eight pick range. Or the Dolphins moved eight picks down, or no, the Giants. I get the teams are not important here. But last year, the Giants moved eight picks down. No, it was the Dolphins. And I'm getting my teams picked. Anyway, from 42 to 50, it took a, a future third round pick. So the Dolphins gave up 50, like the number 50 pick in the second round, plus a future third round pick to move up eight slots to number 42. So, you, you know I mean, you can kind of cut it in a couple of different ways. It's a couple of fourth round picks to move down a little bit, maybe a, a third and a later round pick, or maybe a future third round pick. Depends on what type of compensation you might be looking for in some of those specific areas. Otherwise, you know, if you if you want to go like a little bit more a couple of years back, th- this really seems to be about where the going rate is, right? 2020, the team moved from 59 to 48, so up 11 to go, and they gave up a third round pick, so a second and a third to move up 11. Or the year before that, it was from, to move up 10 from 47 to 37, they gave up a third round pick. It was a, a third round pick to go about 10, 11 slots in that mid-second round seems to be where the competition is. Either a third round pick or potentially, you know, a fourth and a sixth was also done. 42 to 52 was a fourth and a sixth. So that seems to be about where the Bears could be looking at, depending on which pick they're moving down from and how far down they do want to move. Because when you start to get to more like the the shorter moves, it tends to be more like just a fourth round pick to move, say, five slots. You get a fourth round pick or, or a fifth and a sixth, right? But more of those like day three draft picks if you're moving four or five picks in the second round. But if you're going like 10 or 12, then you're looking at at least a third round pick, maybe plus a little bit something extra, or you could package two fourth round picks instead. But it's a good way to get another fairly premium draft pick to potentially a top 100 pick if it's in that third round and still keep your second round pick just picking them a little bit later and the Bears have some flexibility there where maybe they stay at 39 and get a guy they feel like is a first round talent at 39 but then once you get down to 48 then maybe your board clears up a little bit more and you could jump from 48 to 59 and gain a a second third round pick back and all of a sudden you have four picks total in the top 100 and that allows you to take a wide receiver an offensive line a cornerback and a linebacker and like not that you you don't want to draft four needs specifically but all of a sudden it's more slices of the pie here it's more swings at the home run attempt with these draft picks to fill the positions that you want to fill because the bears certainly do have some of those positions (laughs) that they they do want to fill but it's still a good range to be in in terms of movement it's all about finding then the trade partner that's going to have a player they actually want to move up for. And that's the catch 22 here, right? When, when, if you're the bears and you're sitting at your spot and saying, you know what, we don't really like, or or we like multiple guys at this spot, or we don't really like very many guys at this spot. And we want to, we want to trade down and feel like we can get better players there. If you don't like the players at your pick, they would seem to be then less likely that other teams would like the players at your pick. And maybe there's always going to be some team that likes one player enough to want to do it, of course. Like, it's not to say that no one will, that every team thinks exactly the same about all these players, but I just think if it's undesirable to you, it's not going to be instantly, insanely more desirable to every other team that's always going to want to trade for you. Like, I think the dream scenario for the Bears would be that, like, you know, Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis, for some reason, like, one of the top quarterbacks falls all the way to 39. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing a team would probably trade above them by then to get a quarterback, but... If a quarterback fell and teams came calling, 
and maybe you could get a little bit of a bidding war and get a little bit extra value in that potential trade down, that would be ideal. It just does seem like 39 might be a little late for the, the premium quarterbacks to be one where, you know, a, a team would be willing to give up extra compensation to go up and get them. But we'll see. I, I have a feeling the Bears will, will certainly be working the phones one way or another in this NFL draft. And we'll take a look at what the Bears should do, what they could do, what we expect them to do, and how Ryan Poles might go about addressing his roster in this NFL draft next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by the makers of the world's best tasting protein bars, Built Bars. They really are the best tasting protein bar product I've ever had. I've tried a lot of the different protein bars, the name brand stuff that you can see at, at all the grocery stores, and you know, some of them are pretty chalky or cardboardy or hard to get down, or they're like loaded up with sugar and sweetener and all this extra crap in there. And it's like, no, I want something that's good for me and good tasting. And Built Bar is the best of both worlds because Built Bars really do taste like candy bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. But every single flavor of Built Bar is low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. It is an unreal combination that you cannot find anywhere else. And once you taste it for yourself, you will be a believer, trust me. Head on over to built.com, enter in our promo code LOCKED15, you're gonna get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So if I'm Ryan Poles and I'm going into this draft, it, it is a tough challenge to balance wanting to add the best players, best young players to really be like these cornerstone foundational type developmental pieces for your roster, right? The long-term pieces that maybe can start early in their career, if not week one, or, you know, make an impact in year one, but then also be guys that continue to get better and be those 10-year players that you tend to have to draft them earlier to have the successful hit rate on where these prospects go, but then also feeling like, I want as many draft picks as possible because there are plenty of needs, for even just needs for young players in addition to needs for like actual starters on a few different holes still on this roster, that between now and the NFL draft still is time and cap space and free agents to address those holes. So this isn't specifically about specific positions, more as it's like, even if you sign some more players, you'd still like to draft more offensive linemen, more wide receivers, more defensive backs, right? I mean, a lot of these spots that we talked about, like these are where the Bears, whether you got a, a free agent brought in or not, get me another rookie in there that I feel like can be more of that long-term building block type piece for this franchise. And so, you know, I don't want to trade down from 39 and miss out on blue chip players and just take a bunch of, you know, good but not great, nothing special but can be okay guys. Because if you build your roster just a bunch of like, good but not great players, you're going to have a, a limited ceiling. Like at some point you need special players, difference makers at their positions. And again, it's a lot easier to get the difference makers the earlier you're picking them in the draft because teams are going to pick the difference makers before you. Right? As soon as they, every team's going to want them. And so the sooner you can pick them, the earlier in the draft you pick, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to find them. And we can't yet count on Ryan Poles to have Ryan Pace's skill luck, talent, evaluation, chops to find gems in the fourth and fifth rounds consistently, right? I mean, that was that was the one thing you could not knock on Ryan Pace. It was his ability to find Darnell Mooney in the fifth round, Adrian Amos in the fifth round, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, 
Jordan Howard in the fourth round, or no, Jordan Howard's in the fifth round too. But regardless, I mean, every other year or every year, there's always like one of those fourth or fifth round picks that played way better than they were supposed to based on where they were drafted. And it would seem more likely that Ryan Poles will should do better on the earlier picks where Ryan Pace missed too much. And Ryan Poles is probably likely to do worse on the later picks where Ryan Pace somehow was able to pull a rabbit out of his hat very consistently. So then again, the earlier your picks are more of a premium, right? It almost felt like under Pace, you want to do stockpile fifth round picks because he could find them. So it was like, sure, give me fourth and fifth round picks. And I'm not as worried about picking the first and second round because he was missing on them every so often anyway. Whereas with Poles, it's more like, no, get me those those second and third round picks, and of course, first round picks if I could, because I don't trust that I'm going to get playmakers in the fifth and sixth round, and you don't have a fourth round pick this year. And so given the way Ryan Poles has talked about wanting more draft picks and looking for ways to acquire more draft picks, he did say that, I should mention, before trading Khalil Mack for a second round pick. So like since he said that, he has acquired more picks and so he, it could be reasonable to say maybe he's acquired enough draft capital that he feels comfortable where he is now doesn't feel like he needs to trade to get more potential draft picks. But still, without that fourth round pick, I feel like where the Bears sit right now with two seconds and a third and then 75 picks come off the board before they pick again in the fifth round, it feels to me like right now that means the Bears can add Two probably pretty surefire players, and, a, and then in the third round, another player who, who might be able to be a pretty, might be able to contribute some as a rookie. But like three or two and a half potential impact players is what the current slate of draft picks would allow me to do. And, and I can't help but feel tempted, like when we went through the trading down scenarios and feel like, okay, I could move down, say, 10 slots and add a third round pick potentially, or two fourth round picks, but especially that third round pick. To me, if moving down 10 spots, especially if you're moving from 48 to like, say like 58, as opposed to like 39 still feels like a spot where like, I can probably get a player who I thought was a first round pick who fell out of the first round. And I'm more tempted to stay at 39 if I can. If 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 the board falls and you're comfortable moving down at 39 because you like kind of all the guys there equally, go ahead, like whatever. I'm, I'm not married to picking early if there's not a guy I feel really tied to picking at that spot. But otherwise, it would feel nice to like say, feel like I can get a first round talent at 39. Say, if we get lucky and a guy that we feel like is a first round pick at 39, boom, get to 48, maybe trade down 10 to 58 or whatever, you know, make up your trade scenario, your partner, and get that team's third round pick and then pick at 58 and then have two third round picks and get that fourth top 100 draft pick or top 90 pick with that other third rounder. That to me feels like the ideal balance of, okay, getting a potential blue chip player with that first pick, that first, second round pick, and then I'm getting quantity of still pretty good potential players with a later second round pick and two thirds. And then from there, the fifth round picks and the sixth round picks are just flyers. You know, you take a chance on a guy and you see if Ryan Poles can recreate some of the Ryan Pace magic with I'll be a lot of the same coaching or scouting staff in place. So maybe it's the scouting staff and not the general manager. Who knows, right? But I'm not going to count on those two fifth-round picks and that sixth-round picks really producing anything for me this season. Right? If it does, that's a great bonus. But I'm not going to plan on or account for or, you know, to rely on those draft picks giving me anything right now. So it's really those first three picks. And if I can turn those first three picks into first four picks, 
without completely neutralizing my ability to get impact players, that, that's what the combination feels like for the right balance of quantity and quality in this draft to give me those four potential spots. That feels like enough of an influx of talent. I mean, you, of course, you want to add as many impact players as you can, but four feels like a good number. When you're talking about four guys all in the top 90, they're not, they're not all going to be blue-chip first-round talent by any means. But if I can get one at 39 and a few other, you know, high-quality backups or maybe rotational guys, you know, a, something like that, a, a number four receiver, maybe somebody who competes to start on the offensive line, maybe a cornerback who competes to start or, or ends up in the slot as a rookie or, you know, a safety that I feel like can be a long-term prospect or that number three linebacker that might not play as much or even like a rotational defensive line piece, something like that, I'd feel pretty good about how I'm coming, coming away in the draft. I do think having those two second-round picks is nice flexibility to feel like, okay, I could give up one of those fifths to move up a couple of slots and still not feel like I'm desperately low on draft picks because who cares about two fifth-round picks versus one fifth-round pick. But I, I'm, I'm, dope. I'm not, under any circumstances, I don't think I'm willing to give up to package both seconds to move up higher in the first. I need those premium top 90 picks, as many of those as I can. I'm not really willing to give up my third to move up. I'm not really willing to give up my other second to move up. And I'm not willing to give up a future draft pick to move up either. That's what you do if you're trying to win now and get that impact player to really help your team right now. I'd give up you know, maybe a future second-round pick, but any kind of future day one or day two pick, I'm not touching. I want, I want. To, if I could gain a future draft pick, that'd be great too. You know, trade down in the second round, get a third and a future fourth, absolutely. Or whatever kind of future picks you can add, more of that for the long-term team building of this team. Whatever NFL draft trades we see the Bears make, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is breaking down all the mock drafts and the prospects you need to know. It's your team every day. Sometimes it's it's your NFL draft every day. It's your league every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to be getting into draft prospects more and more as we get through the rest of the offseason here. But in the meantime, I hope you'll keep tuning in. I hope you'll get all your draft preparation ready to go here as we get excited for the draft and keep an eye on what's happening upcoming in free agency from here through through the rest of the offseason. And in exchange, I hope that the Locked On Bears podcast makes it that much easier for you to bear down.